Pulp Fiction covers themes that may not be suitable for all listeners. Episodes may feature true events tied into fictional stories. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Story 1 of Pulp Fiction, a podcast by Public. This is Salt Creek, Episode 6. The pair made their way into the cave, arms stretched and trailing on the cool, damp stone walls for guidance. Kathy contemplated the light. Oh, it never became completely dark. Instead, it seemed like there was a glowing coming from both in front and behind her. Behind her, Corey shuffled along, making periodic comments like, Watch your footing now, and don't go too fast. Kathy sighed. While he was nice to look at, Corey was starting to get irritating. After they had made it a hundred metres or so into the cave, Kathy began to notice the light taking on a almost more luminescent blue quality. Looking up, she saw hundreds of tiny holes in the roof of the cave, each letting in a pinprick of light, a constellation in the rocky roof above them. Lucky we didn't approach from the road, hey, said Corey. Looks like we could have hurt ourselves if we walked over that. Kathy nodded and turned, narrowly missing walking to the corner of the tunnel, the first corner they had encountered so far. She continued on and as she walked, they left the blue light behind them and began walking into what was quickly becoming daylight. Excited, Kathy broke into a run with Corey right behind her. Wait up, Kathy! He yelled through ragged breaths. He might have been huge, but Corey wasn't very athletic. Kathy turned so she was jogging backwards, the light behind her growing brighter as she maintained her speed. Corey screamed, Stop! Wait up! You might hurt yourself! This isn't... Corey stopped mid-speech and Kathy noticed him looking past her, over her shoulder. His eyes were wide and his mouth was slightly agape. Light. So much light was now flooding into their little tunnel, and as Kathy turned she brought her arm up to shield her eyes from the brightly lit cabin in front of her. Is that... She began. Yep. Looks like we found our car, said Corey. In front of the two detectives was a large cabin with a pool of dank green water in the middle. Light from a jagged hole in the roof of the cabin bounced off of the water's surface, creating an eerie underwater disco ambience. Kathy examined the hole for a few moments before piecing it together with the tiny pinpricks of light on their way through the tunnel. Her eye travelled downward to the pool of water where something was sticking out. The car, exclaimed Kathy with a gasp. Corey shook his head. The car was the first thing he'd seen when the pair had entered the cabin and he had assumed Kathy had seen the same thing. 
The car itself was lying on its side, half submerged in the water. The roof, which faced both Kathy and Corey, was slick with blood. The detectives began walking tentatively towards the car, willing their eyes to adjust to the dim light of the cabin so that they could see beyond it. As they approached, a heavy smell intensified. The smell of salt and rotting seaweed mixed with the sweet, deafening scent of decay. As the rest of the cabin began to materialise in front of them, they noticed one of the doors was completely open. So open, in fact, that it looked like it had been bent completely backwards. Can you see anything? Kathy asked Corey in a hushed whisper. No, just the door. Do you... do you maybe think we should turn back? Get... get back up? Responded Corey. The pair walked a few more steps before Kathy answered. Let's scope it out. I doubt they're in good shape after. She paused. In front of her she could see two shapes on the rocky floor of the cavern, about four or five metres apart. Neither were moving, but the halo of light that shone down from the hole in the cavern made her unable to see any more than that. Police! Corey yelled out. Do not move. If you are able, raise your hands where we can see them. If you have any weapons, throw them away from your person. Neither of the figures moved. Kathy heard a metallic clicking and realised Corey had raised his gun. She hadn't picked hers up that morning when a call to attend Salt Creek had come in. She figured it would be more of a evidence-gathering assignment. This wasn't a typical day at work for either of the pair. Corey began moving forward in a measured manner, one foot in front of the other, keeping the barrel of his pistol level. Kathy followed closely behind. As they left the halo of bright light, their eyes began to adjust. Kathy could see splashes and drag marks around both of the figures. Kathy contemplated for a moment whether one had dragged the other from the car. Approaching the first, Kathy began to feel creeped out. Her senses seemed to be increasing with each step she took, and even the rhythmic drips happening around the cavern were making her jump. A thump rang out through the cabin and began rebounding off of the hard stone walls. She stopped and turned to look behind her, but she could see nothing. Kathy, Kathy, you, you better come over here quick. Corey's voice rang out, making her jump yet again. She turned and rushed towards where he stood, directly in front of the first bloodied figure. It was Roman. He was laying face up. His eyes were wide and white, his lips blue. He had a thick gash across his throat that looked like it encircled his entire neck. His chest had a tan mark down the front and the flesh was splayed, parted down the middle in what looked like a barbaric autopsy. One of his legs was angled funny. A smear of blood showed where the body had been dragged across the rocky floor, away from the submerged car. Corey walked over to the other figure, weapons still drawn while Kathy stood over the man's body, shaking her head and considering how an injured girl could have possibly inflicted such a brutal attack. Be careful, Corey. If she's alive, she might. A wheeze rang out, making both of the detectives jump. Kathy wheeled around and rushed towards Corey, who was standing over the other figure, guns still drawn. 
In front of the pair, lying on the ground, was Lana. Her chest was rising and falling sharply and her face was bloodied and swollen. Kathy couldn't make out where her features were, but could make assumptions based on which parts of her face were bubbling. One of her arms had a bone protruding from the elbow. A shallow gash ran across her abdomen and yellow fat was visible through the blood seeping out of the wound. Her breathing was picking up now, a bubbling wheeze that bounced off the cool hard stone of the cavern. Is she? Corey began. Is she what? Kathy asked, a little annoyed. She was patting her pockets furiously, looking for her phone so she could call back up. She must have left it in the car. Is she trying to say something? said Corey. Kathy went still, allowing her arms to drop to her side so she could better hear through the bubbling. She bent over Lana's body and placed her hands behind her back, rolling her over so she was lying on her side. A small gush of blood ran out of her mouth and the wheezing intensified. After a few deep breaths, she caught the end of something that sounded like snake. Head. Die. Kathy got closer to the weakening girl, so her ear was right by her mouth. The girl's breath was hot, metallic, like blood. Can you repeat that, please? Kathy asked. The girl gasped a few more times, like she was summoning her strength from the air. He cut off a snake's head. That pretty much guarantees it will die, said Lana. Kathy sat up on her heels like a bolt of lightning had just gone straight through her. Roman, she thought. His throat was slashed. Had this girl tried to decapitate him? And how? And even if she had, how had she sustained such horrific injuries herself? Corey, who had walked away from the pair to call for backup, tied off his call and walked back over, so he was standing next to Kathy. He dropped down to his haunches and said, Help is on its way. Hang in there. He then tapped his microphone on and placed his phone next to the girl's head. He got closer to her. Can you tell us what happened? He asked. The girl's chest began rising and falling more rapidly. Her wheezing grew in volume and intensity until it became a gargling whistle. Kathy gave him a short backhanded slap on the arm. The slap said, I don't think now is the time for this. Corey stood up and grabbed Kathy's arm, pulling her away from the wheezing and bubbling girl. He brought his face close to hers and whispered, If she dies before help arrives, then we have no story. I sure as fuck won't be able to piece together what's happened to you. Kathy thought about what he'd said for a moment. The last thing a dying girl needs is for somebody to be badgering her with questions. If it was a broken leg, it would be one thing, Corey. But she... She doesn't even have a face for Christ. A guttural choke and splutter rang through the cavern. The pair turned to look at Lana's now motionless body. The cavern was silent. Corey and Kathy rushed back to the girl. Her chest was no longer rising and falling and the bubbles no longer leaked from the holes in her face. Lana was dead. 
Oh shit, said Corey, holding onto Lana's wrist to see if he could find a pulse. He didn't really want to give CPR to a face in that condition, but he'd hate himself if he didn't at least check to see if there was a possibility of bringing her back. There wasn't. He felt a dread and sadness wash over him, the same feeling whenever he saw a dead body on the job. He could feel Kathy moving behind him. She placed a hand on his shoulder. Corey, she started, before noticing the phone on the ground beside Lana's head. Is that a, uh, a bloody mark on your phone? She asked. He bent over Lana's body to pick it up. There was a bloodied fingerprint on his screen. He noticed the microphone app had been turned off. But what was there on the sound graph were waves. He looked at Kathy and said, I, I think she might have recorded something. Oh, shit, said Kathy. Should we play it now or? Corey didn't answer. He simply turned up the volume and hit play. The recording started out crackly. It was Corey's voice, asking Lana to tell him what happened, and then a thud when Kathy smacked him on the arm, and footsteps as they walked away. As their footsteps began to fade, they heard a shuffling and Lana's bubbling breath in closer to the microphone. T. A breath. A. Another breath. M. The cabin seemed to darken around them and as Lana's voice continued spelling out the strange word, Kathy and Corey felt the ground beneath them begin to sway. Corey made eye contact with Kathy just for a moment and had to look away. Her eyes, he thought. What is wrong with her eyes? The pair crashed to the ground and the cabin waved and wobbled and faded to black around them. To be continued. Thanks for listening. For more stories, visit www.thepublicbook.com or you can follow me on Twitter if you want. My handle is at DRopeKeyAuthor. Bye.